this is The Art of the Hookup, your straightforward guide to a successful sex life. I'm Georgie Wolfe, an Aussie escort and total hookup enthusiast. Welcome to episode 23. The pandemic has gotten a lot of people interested in online dating, and because we're chatting online more and waiting longer to meet in person, knowing how to have a good conversation is essential. This episode, I'll be asking my friend Greg the eternally perplexing question, how do you talk to women online? Hopefully, he'll have some ideas for all of us. Before we get started, just a reminder that this podcast is adults only. And with that said, let's get into it. Hi, this is Georgie here. I'm a writer, sexual adventurer and independent escort from Melbourne, Australia. My mission is to talk honestly about all the stuff you need to know to have a great hookup. And by that, I mean finding the people that are right for you, negotiating amazing sex and walking away feeling good about yourself. Now that we're settling into this coronavirus-infested dating hellscape, we need to get better at banter. When we can't meet up right away, we need chat, SMS, phone, video, anything that allows us to connect safely. I suspect that all around the world right now, people are scratching their heads and saying, okay, but what should we talk about? In September of 2020, right in the middle of Melbourne's second lockdown, I recorded this episode with my friend Greg, and it's all about reviving the art of conversation. Just a quick note here, Melbourne is no longer in lockdown, but it was when we made this recording. It was a really fun conversation, and I really hope you find it useful. Welcome back, Greg. Hey, Georgie. You have been a, a mainstay here, and you have been on this podcast a number of times now. I think you might even be the most uh, the most featured guest on this podcast. Um, and so I'm imagining our listeners are probably super familiar with you, but just in case we've got any newcomers here, did you want to tell us just a few little facts about yourself and who you are? Sure. Um, I'm a cis male in my mid-40s. I'm a technical professional um, most of the time and, you know, working from home like just about everybody around these days. Yep. Yeah, um, but most of all, like, my days are filled as much as possible with um, interacting and meeting new people. So I love you know, going on uh, the dating apps and just striking up conversations and seeing um, what I can find out about people and seeing how we gel. And it's actually pretty cool because we were just talking before I hit the record button about how you managed to sort of multitask between your day-to-day work stuff and chatting to people online. And I'm pretty amazed because my brain has been so shot these last few weeks just dealing with the stress around the pandemic. I couldn't multitask if I wanted to. So just another reason for me to be in awe of your skills. Go you. <laughs> I find it sort of gives me the the mental break that I need, like sort of dropping into uh, some of the design work that, I, that I'm paid to do. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, and, you know, grinding some big things on the computer sometimes it's a long time between clicks so i have that opportunity to sort of step back um chat flirt with someone Mm. so like send a message backwards and forwards and then drop back into work so it helps me get through the day i guess it's a good way to avoid that whole thing where you uh you start to message someone back a little bit too fast and they get the idea that you haven't got a life because you do actually have a life and you need to go off and do your work then come back and check your messages it's nice and casual so that's that's a cool system rather than just sitting there waiting for someone to reply which is just stressful well yeah and that's actually one of my key things to how um, i talk to people is that 
as early as possible, I lay down my boundaries and desires around how we communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, and a big part of it is recognizing that you're not in the same room as the other person. So you don't know what they're doing. You, you don't know if, um, you know, are they busy working? Has uh, the house partner or someone come in to talk to them? Um, mm-hmm. Some Anything that could be going on in their life that's distracting them. So um, negotiating for that expectation that there might be a delay between responses is really important. This is, uh, I've seen a lot of horror stories. I've read a lot of horror stories of um, people who thought they'd met the one or met their perfect person online and then they had to go to work or they went to sleep and then they woke up to this barrage of abuse because (laughs) the other person had gotten offended that they didn't reply quickly enough. And, of course, that just, uh, then it's all just done, right? right? But this is the reason that I wanted to chat to you because um, I've been talking to a couple of um, a couple of dating sites in my um, capacity as a freelance journalist. I spoke with Adult Matchmaker recently and I also spoke with Tinder's um, press department, which was very exciting, and they both told me that um, membership of online dating sites is up and it's gone up since the beginning of the pandemic. It's been steadily going up, you know, 30% more bigger, I think, um, some people have told me. So we know that a lot of people are using this time to talk online, even though maybe we might be in places where we can't actually meet up. And certainly where we're from in Melbourne, Australia, uh, when we're in lockdown, so we're not actually allowed to meet strangers at all. Um, yeah. And Tinder's used the opportunity to um, give people the free opportunity to change their location so they can match mm, with people. The passport. Yeah. yeah, the passport so you can match with people elsewhere in the world. And I see that um, a lot of you know people 12, 15,000 kilometres away coming up on um, through my feed so um and obviously there's no expectation to meet anytime soon mm-hmm. or ever maybe if you're talking to someone in another country maybe <laughs> it's just an opportunity to connect with people that you'd never get to meet otherwise which is really neat because i often feel like a lot of this kind of interaction feels often like people trying to get me to meet up with them as quickly as possible but that's kind of off the table right now and we just need to have a conversation which is you yeah. know it's kind of cool I- I've certainly seen a lot of um, particularly women joking about it. It's like, oh, wow, it's going to force people to slow down and actually have a conversation for a change. Well, and this can be a problem because often uh, we don't have those skills, right? It's a short right. conversation, fine, but a long conversation, one that's maybe a bit more in-depth or trying to form a connection with someone when you can't just immediately meet up, up and see if there's like physical chemistry. Uh, I have a feeling that, that a lot of us might be feeling a bit lost at sea right now. So this is what this episode is about. Um, you know, like how does one talk to women online, Greg? What's the magic? What is the magic um, conversation starter when you match with a chick on Tinder? <laughs> um, there's always a really big challenge between, you know, trying to be interesting. Um, it's like how do you get somebody to particularly, you know, I think as a guy where you, like you're just one of many, um, um, how do you get somebody to want to respond to you and engage? To pay and attention. I, yeah, and I, um, I think it's like uh, when you meet someone at a bar or something like that, similar sort of thing where um, one, make the person feel, like do what you can to not make the person feel unsafe. So you can't make someone feel safe, but do what you can to 
um, not make them feel unsafe. And what then, does that look like in an online context? We know what that looks like in an in-person context. And in fact, we've talked in previous podcasts about when you meet someone, not cornering them and not getting all up in their face or personal space and, you know, allowing them to back away if they need to. But what's, what does that look like online? Uh, it's an element of fire. I, I like to try and find out the person's context. Um, so, you know, and an opener that I use, like if I match with somebody, um, I find that honestly, a lot of women don't ask very interesting questions um, when they, if they, if they reply to me. Um, mostly, it seems to fall onto me to do the replying, and so I like to lead with um, something like, um, uh, "Hey, what's made you smile this week?" And the important mm-hmm. of that being a very open question that they can pitch the level of um, discussion around. How much detail do they want to share? They could keep it casual or they could get really personal depending on how comfortable they feel. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. And, you know, honestly, um, there's some people who they're on the other, on every side are not very good at holding conversation and are not going to be interesting. This raises an interesting problem because I know that there is this general sort of um, stereotype or this, this idea of emotional labor and particularly this gendered idea of like emotional labor, emotional labor being all the stuff that we do to help other people, um, to to help other people feel comfortable or that kind of Mm -hmm. thing. And there's this thing that women do a lot of emotional labor and it's often left to them to make sure everyone's happy. But I'm wondering with online dating, I wonder whether the emotional labor, whether it's not gendered, whether it's the people who are a bit more socially confident, whether the emotional labor falls to them because you are confident talking to people. And I, I know from our discussions that often you're then the one that has to sort of, you know, hold up the conversation when you're talking yep. to someone that might not have those skills. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, obviously I can only speak from my experience, but my sort of broad observation from uh, that and from talking to my other friends of all genders is that it really does come down to the sense of uh, confidence, security, and extroversion, and also the mood of the person at the time. How um, they're feeling. How, how yep. they're feeling. Um, one of the ones I've also picked is that some people, particularly online, are very responsive to notifications, but they're not able to be present. So... Hmm, what does that look like? Uh, so the, the short sort of... Um, responses that I think annoy all of us when you think you're having a conversation with someone mm. and you just get the like the one syllable hey. um, short short responses and random delays. You know what really shits me? H-I-U <laughs> question mark. It's like couldn't you even how? be bothered writing how are you as a whole sentence? And maybe I'm just an old person but I'm like no, put some effort into talking to me. I had, to, I had to take a few seconds to sort of go, hang on, that probably means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It might depend on the age bracket of the person that you're speaking with. But, yeah, the HRU is, is totally, <laughs> totally a thing. Yes, yeah, the that sense of abbreviation. Um, although it's an interesting one of, like, you know, some people say that use of correct language is a privilege, um, but the same time i think really what we need to acknowledge is that we're looking for someone that communicates in a way that we like exactly it's more of a filter yeah definitely and like it like you say tinder where so many 
people don't put any information they just put photos so all you've got to, is a photo and it's like makes it very hard to start a conversation this is a person who's physically attractive to me and near me it's like all right hey some in, insert some question um <laughs> it's usually hey your pics are hot do you want to come to my house which i don't <laughs> like but now that you've pointed it out that's all the information they've got most of the time what someone looks like and how close they are to your house so it's sort of right. understandable <laughs> <laughs> yeah like all the ones of um it's like picture of someone with dog and then um the one bit of information they'll put in the tinder bio is that's not my dog <laughs> i get really disappointed by the dog pictures because i love dogs like i love them deeply and so when someone posts a cute dog i will send a message saying oh my god your dog is so gorgeous how old are they like what's their name tell me all about them and then often i don't get a very enthusiastic reply and i'm like well don't post a picture of your fucking dog I don't want an in-depth conversation about your dog because I love your dog now and I don't really care about you, but your dog's great and I don't understand. Yep. Post post right. pictures of things you love. Like don't post pictures of things that you're not going to be able to have an interesting conversation about because you're just shooting yourself in the foot, right? Then we do need to, you're right, we do need to start to look at what we're putting in our profiles, our pictures and text to start setting up that conversation and getting it going. Yep. And then okay, I guess hoping that someone's going to look at them well enough to be able to continue on in that in that vein, you know. Because I, I do post interesting pictures, but often um, I feel like people often still aren't sure what to say. Like rather than commenting on one of my pictures, <laughs> they'll still just do the hey thing or the how you doing or worst of all, how how's lockdown going for you? Uh, <laughs> not the best not the best question if you want to start with something happy. Yeah, yeah. But that, at the same time, that is people trying to respect people's context, be interested in them as a person. It's like, you know, what is your emotional context right now? Like, where are you at? So we've almost got a few little options when it comes to starting the conversation. We've got really, mm -hmm. really, really bland, vague. We've got um, trying to pick up on a bit of social context. That's, you know, what's going on, current affairs. Hey, do you, so did you see the premiere <laughs> yesterday? He had a great tie on, you know, whatever, and that's cool. And then we've got going for the specifics of someone from what you can pick up from their profile. And then we've got things like um, what's something great that's happened to you today? And I'm interested in that, Greg, because I think that's a really nice opening. How did you arrive at that particular question? Mm, good question. I've never thought about that. I think uh, it's through that sort of trial and error process of um, like, uh, throwing out various things and also trying a particular the common context being that I've got nearly nothing to go on except maybe a photo um, so it's like right I don't have anything mm -hmm. but you know I want to open this up and, and have a gauge of this person and so um, I was you know tossing up between well it's like, I feel in the mood for a quick hookup. Do I just go in with that? It's like, mm, actually, no, I find that um, pretty disrespectful and counterproductive. Um, so, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> actually, to, uh, I've been asking uh, the people that I talk to online, I've asked, been asking them recently, like, you know, I'm about to do this podcast and you talk to me online. It's like, why, what am I good at? Like, why do you like that? And what, what is the, like, what does, um, other people fail at and there's one that came up today and I've had their permission to quote them um, was that 
but I sometimes think if someone had slowed down a bit, they'd be deep in my throat by now. Instead, I'm schooling them on how what they did made me feel uncomfortable and non-trusting. Yes. But it's not, it's not always the, you're right, sometimes it's just the speed. So particularly when it comes to right. talking to someone for a hookup mm-hmm. eventually or a sext or whatever, it's not, that, it's not that they said, hey, do you want to see a photo of my dick? Or it's not that they sent a photo of their dicks. It's that it happened at a point where we weren't ready. Um, it's because, of course, I want to see your dick. Like if we if we get that, that far along, but it's letting it get to that point, you know, where it's where it's wanted. Yeah, and it's like the um, you know one of the other comments was that one of the things apparently I'm good at is they they said is reading the room, and it's like well okay yeah like I I spend a little bit of effort to try and f- understand the person's context, and so that comes down to like kind of like a scene negotiation. Greg is, is kinky, just putting that out there, by the way, <laughs> for our listeners who are just joining us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so like finding out where that person's at in that moment so that we can get the best of it and where we both overlap in that moment. Um, so like having that mm. thing is like, hey, I'm up for a long conversation right now. It's like, oh, no, I'm having dinner with the family. I can't. Cool. Maybe we'll talk later. And having some element of negotiation or discussion that's helps you understand that person's context before you weigh into things the thing about reading the room right when you're online is that there is no room to read there are no nonverbal cues there's no body language how do you read the room when it's just letters on a screen or just a voice on the other end of the phone yeah so a big part of my thing is recognizing that um one this might be a person that i just don't actually match with like the, that I'm not compatible with and that's okay. So you're ready to disengage? I'm, I'm ready to disengage, yeah. Like I, I come at it from an abundance point of view rather than a um, scarcity point of view. So like I don't I don't need to match with this person. It's like I would like to. Um, I would like to get to know them. But if it doesn't work, then oh well. That's, so that takes the pressure off. Um, mm. And then that puts me in a position where I'm able to um, – sort of assess their responses to me and sees like does this feel like a person i can have a conversation with like is there is their style of conversation does it match with me like are we meeting each other right now or or are we missing each other as opposed to just trying to work out how to impress them regardless of whether they're right, right for you or not because just trying to impress someone is not a great basis for a conversation they tend to get a bit of a weird vibe from that yeah. Who's taking a step back and thinking, are you right for me? I'm not sure, but I'm curious. Let's find out is a much more inquiring sort of uh, vibe. Yeah, for, absolutely. And it also means that you're going to be consistent because if you're trying to chameleon yourself into something that that person will respond to, then you're not really being true to yourself and that's going to become apparent. So It really does. Yeah, not maybe not, you know, maybe not quickly, but eventually that's going to um, become apparent. So, And we don't really want someone that falls over themselves to try and be everything to us or to, to convince them, convince us really hard that they're worthy because that's a, you know, I'm, I find it much more attractive to be talking to someone that's secure in themselves um, and that isn't afraid to be themselves. Yeah, secu- secure. Yeah, secure or more to the point, not insecure. Like you don't necessarily need to be fully secure, but um, if your actions are uh, and what you're sending and responses are based on an element of insecurity, 
um, which means that you're uh, not sure that you are what that person will want, mm. then then it's going to like it always creates a weird vibe, and that's that's com- that's in both directions, right? And we don't know if we're what the other person wants because we don't know them yet. So feeling bad about that is kind of like you know not productive. Uh, it's just a fact that when we meet someone, they might not like us, and that's nothing to do with us. It's just to do with the fact that not everyone gets along, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. And equally, we might not might not like them. So, um, mm-hmm. like, unless we're completely physically objectifying a person, um, which you know you started off with, say, with just the photos, and you're going right physically objectifying, and then there's some elements of the personality or nature which just sort of doesn't sit right with you, and there's a turn off mm-hmm. to you. It's like, are you going to keep going? Really? It's like, why why would you do that rather than saying it's like hey, like this isn't feeling right for me, so um, I'm going to unmatch. Um, thanks for chatting. I think this is going to become a bigger issue than it used to be because I kind of feel like some people may have, and I've done this myself, I've thought, okay, well, look, I can sort of get the vibe that maybe we're not quite right for each other, but, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we should just bang once to be sure. <laughs> and and so that has happened. But I feel like with these long conversations and with talking to people online and sort of really enjoying that rather than putting the focus on trying to meet someone as quickly as possible because that's not mm-hmm. possible for many of us right now, mm-hmm. I feel like it, we need to be compatible. I don't, I don't want to have a long, days-long conversation with someone whose values don't match me or who doesn't make me laugh or who I don't feel comfortable sharing things that are maybe just a little bit more personal because, you know, it's just a chore rather than fun. Yeah. and sort of one of the keys of that is that we need to be matched on our frequency of conversation and availability to each other. So how often someone can speak? Yeah, how how often it's like, you know, are they a hundred texts a day person um, every day for months, um, which is rare? Um, Or is it that, you know, they have peaks and troughs that, you know, they work a really busy job during the week, even though they're working from home or whatever, or they've got kids at home or something like that. Some context there that means that they've got um, variable availability. And mm-hmm. my motto is opportunity, not expectation. So it's like, mm-hmm. hey, here's, there's always an opportunity to have a conversation, but I have no expectation that that person's going to come back to me instantly. Um, yep. And that... You know, if things, if it's a, a week and sometimes it's a month between replies, um, then I, I've managed my own expectation and that's okay. I think I partly learned that from like having long distance partners overseas. So, you know, we don't see each other for quite a long time, so, and particularly at the moment. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can, oh, you poor thing. That really sucks. Yeah. So having to manage the time difference and then also just having to acknowledge that everyone has their own lives and maybe just communicate about when someone's free to have a chat rather than just assuming they're going to reply to you whenever. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't feel like that stuff happens very often in casual, say, Tinder conversation, but I kind of wish it did. Like I kind of wish someone would say to me, hey, you seem cool. Let's have a really in-depth like chat at say like seven o'clock tonight after work and 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 even and even even being flexible around that like um you know i'm making a lot of uh zoom and chat dates with my lovers around and like inevitably we always start late just because 
um, we're running around, sorting our own houses out, dinner has been 15 minutes late or something came up or mm-hmm. need to go to the toilet. So just being able to be flexible around it and not um, get really caught up on that has been like a really important thing that I recognize that I value in the people that I talk to frequently, that they're both able to um, accept that I might not be immediately available, so that, you know, I'm, I'm delayed five or ten minutes. That's that, you know, I really feel safe that that's okay with them. And similarly, I give them that back as well. It's a bit of a like, um, you know, that whole like 50s trope of the woman waiting by the phone for her date to call her two days afterwards and how miserable she was. Mm-hmm. I feel like if we apply that particular emotion and that level of drama to waiting for every single message, mm-hmm. it would just be too much, you know, getting stressed about someone messaging you back mm-hmm. um, every single time. Oh, so stressful. I just, at some point we need to let go of that, I guess, don't we? And just go, look, uh, we understand that everyone's busy. Uh, yeah. And the fact that they took two hours to reply doesn't mean that they're not interested. And uh, you know, no matter what Cleo says, because I'm pretty sure some women's <laughs> magazines are like, if he takes more than five hours to reply, he's not interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that uh, that's problematic thing that we get red receipts um, on a lot of chat apps, where you can see that the person has <clears throat> read the message and that phrase that's trotted around at the moment being left on red. Left on as, red, as if it's a. Um, an active thing that I have consciously done to you to punish you uh, <laughs> or, or that I'm like dismissing you that much that I, I've read your message and I haven't instantly responded to that. <laughs> I mean, if you leave someone on red and never speak to them again, then yeah, it's a kick in the guts because right. you know, you know that they've seen it and they've never spoken to you and you've been ghosted. And so that hurts for sure. 100%. But what you're saying, this is a slightly different situation, right? Left on red for an hour because they were, putting their kid to bed or finishing yep. their homework. Uh, yep. yep. Or, or one of the vagaries of the apps is that um, if the message comes, say WhatsApp as an example, if the message comes through um, when you, just as you flick off the conversation or if you minimize um, the, the chat box um, as it comes through, they will get a red receipt, but you won't have seen the message and you won't get a notification. So when you wake up in the, when you wake up in the morning, there's this message there, and if they're if they're particularly insecure, there's a thousand messages following that one, <laughs> which right. you, which you're um, dealing with in the morning. So so there's the, an element of technology um, to understand as well. So being able, yep. it's it's good that a lot of the apps have things where you can see that the message has been sent, message has been received. So that, you know, if you don't get the two tech, two ticks, then you can't expect a response. Yeah, yeah. And this is, I guess, a spot where technology needs to do a little bit better to save us all from ourselves, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, th- I think overall it's doing pretty good. But honestly, like, I think we all need a, a bit of resilience and engage a bit of security in ourselves, um, you know, which, which, you know, must, some would say that that's a bit of a privilege to, to do because you know, people have anxiety for very good reasons well sometimes it's just tough it's tough to get out of that mindset that that every time someone doesn't reply doesn't want to hang out it's about you you know right right yeah and i i you know for all of my experience over the years i I still have that little um somatic feeling in my chest that clench of anxiety i was like oh hang on that last thing that i said did that hit a negative trigger with them like have, have have i 
have I done something? And then it's like, no, deep breath and literally taking a deep breath um, and going, actually, no, let's just see how that plays out and leave it, leave it for a day or two. And then it's like, it's still bothering me. So I'll then send them another message and saying, hey, I'm feeling a bit uncomfortable how our chat ended. Um, is everything okay? So that way, like I'm not, that way I'm, I'm sort of, you know, sharing where I'm at without um, blaming them for anything. And this is the way out of this particular social difficult situation, right? Because often we feel like if we feel like we've said the wrong thing, or we feel like they don't like us anymore, that we should just magically know and, and we're too ashamed to ever speak <laughs> to them ever again. But then it's like, well, how do you know for sure? And I've, I've just... I've just graduated from that way of thinking and now I just send a message saying, hey, I noticed you haven't replied for, for five days. I would tend to assume that means you're not interested anymore. So, like, I'm just going to say thanks and goodbye. But if, if I've gotten it wrong, feel free to set me straight, like, mm-hmm. just so that they know where I'm at as opposed to pretending that I'm supposed to be some sort of magical mind reader and know, and know that it means that they've just gone on holidays or broken their phone or aren't interested to just right. say, hey, uh, I'm just not sure what this means, but I tend to assume this is is it right? Yep. And I, I don't know. I th- it feels a bit more confident than saying nothing and then just getting into an anxious sort of state. Yeah, definitely. And you know, a big part of that is about managing yourself, but also giving them a clear method of communicating where they're at to you. Well, yeah, you're showing someone what you need, which is really important because often when we're talking online, in particular. We just, we don't know. We don't know what people need. We don't know what they want to talk about. We don't know how long they're able to talk or what they're looking for. And unless we ask or Mm -hmm. they offer, we're never going to get that information. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Mm. It's interesting because I didn't anticipate that we'd spend so much time talking about left (laughs) on red and how long it takes to reply. I thought that most of our discussion would be about topics, but actually um, a lot of a lot of this stuff, this like conversation dynamic, is about timing. It's a bit interesting. For sure. Like, so how many times do you see, you know, people sharing screenshots of where someone sent them a message and it's like, hey, and it's like, oh, hey, what you up to? And then it's like, oh, it's, um, and then just hey, and then hey, and then it's like, fuck you, bitch, you're not talking to me. And it's like there's just this extreme of um, uh, expectation around getting yeah. the response in a certain time frame. Yeah, um, and in a certain way or expecting a certain response to a certain – I don't know. I shouldn't have laughed there actually because I actually feel like that there are probably a lot of people out there who when they say, hey, expect, particularly if they're a bit less good at having the conversation, expect or hope that they're going to get – something back that's going to give them something to work with because they don't know how to start. And mm-hmm. when they don't get that, they just, it exposes all their insecurity around whether they're any good at actually having a conversation in the first place. Hence that really sort of angry response, right. you know, right. defensive and, response. And it's one of the things around that is that um, talking to particularly various guys is that the, there's so many um, non-responsive and scam profiles on the dating apps for example, that um, it becomes sort of a, a sunk cost to put too much effort into things. So you'd hear well, that's people interesting. use the example, use that as their excuse of why they just say "hey" or why they just send it some sort of copy paste um, yeah. type thing. The cut and paste, mm-hmm. and the cut and paste is a pretty bad look, especially when you've forgotten to take the previous woman's name out <laughs> of the cut and paste. And I've seen that happen. Yeah. Um, but I, but that that this. 
this does put it in another light and not an, another light as in, oh, great, everyone should do that, but I'm kind of yeah. getting why it would be really discouraging to send yep. a really well thought out message only to discover that you'd messaged the bot. Yep. And and similarly, um, that I've been in the position where I've had like a derisive response from spending time trying to get to um, know someone and understand their context. So, you know, like I try not to be um, directly... Um, show us your tits when when can we meet up um so like i tried to talk to the person and i've had a, uh, a couple of sort of just really dismissive derisive responses about you know being too uh being too vague or not being interesting like what Direct. are we here for? what are we here for so oh. there's and like that's only a small percentage um but in this game of online um, dating where it's um, it's all very small percentages anyway, then that certainly mm-hmm. plays to the bias of some people. It's like, well, you know, I may as well be direct. It's like, yes, I would really like to meet up with someone and have sex tonight. It's like, what's Tinder for, right? Although I've been assured that Tinder is for um, business meetings and um, uh, marketing. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's, if that's what you call a business meeting, Greg, I could put on my business socks. <laughs> right, right, right. Look, hmm. it's kind of a good point to make because I, I feel like people are often looking for this one thing that they can say or one approach that's going to work, particularly when it comes to women or particularly when it comes to a specific gender. So there's all this kind of like if you listen to dating coaches, here's here's what you need to say to a woman to get her interested or here's what you say to a guy to get him interested. And I'm like, but not one thing doesn't work for everyone. And maybe you matched with that person that wanted you to say, come over right now and I'll fuck your brains out. Yep. The one in a hundred person, or maybe you matched with the person who just really wants you to say, Hey, how are you doing? Tell me a bit about yourself. You seem really interesting. You don't know. And like, you can't take one person that is as an example of the entire female race, you know? Right, and similarly, as um, flip that gender to all genders, it's like you know, totally. that, that one person is um, not representative of the entire, well, the entire of mm-hmm. human entirety of humanity. So, um, being, I find like the best we can do is actually manage our own expectation, and um, mm. be willing to you know come at it from an abundance theory and just say, hey, this person might not work out for me they either might not be responsive which means they're not available or really Mm -hmm. they're not interested maybe they're chatting to someone else that they're more interested in that happens um or Mm -hmm. or really importantly it's like maybe they're not actually right for me as even if they do like me yeah and that the way you find out is by interacting but having said that we still need we need a bit of a broad brush to start mm. with because I'm not suggesting that if you're really into sending dick pics to women that you should send a dick pic straight up and then if they get offended, go, oh, well, we obviously just weren't meant to be together. <laughs> like I feel like there's some good ground that there must be. I don't know if there are. Maybe you can help me. I feel like there must be some good, just nice, broad, gentle ground rules that are sort of constructive when you're matching with someone of any gender. And I don't know what those rules are or but I'd love to discover them. And mm-hmm. I think a bit of the clue is, was around you saying, what's one good thing that's happened to you today? And giving someone room to answer in whatever manner they they like, leaving things a bit open-ended and allowing people to meet you wherever they're at. Does that sound plausible? Yeah, 100%. Is 
um, creating open rather than closed questions. So something which doesn't just get a yes or a no, which is a closed question. Um, it's creating oh. an open question where people will describe a thing, preferably a thing that they're um, passionate about, because that's really where conversation gets going is when you find um, to someone talking about their passion and to, the two people don't need to share the same passion. Mm-hmm. That, that's a really important thing I need. To, I think we need to say is that you just um, uh, the person with the passion w- will be happy to talk about it as long as the other person is happy to listen and in, and interested in that yeah. person's passion. And if we are genuinely interested in something, often we're entertaining when we talk about it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like it brings mm-hmm. in it, and it, it's really about bringing energy into the conversation. And this. You know, that, to extrapolate that to, like, if you have a sexual hookup with someone, um, if someone's just there and starfishing, then they're not bringing any energy into it. They're just turning up. It's like um, uh, friends telling me about she had a partner who had a particularly large dick and his way of, um, of sex was getting his dick out and going, right, go. So he was effectively oh. a male starfish. <laughs> Wow. So, like, he, 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 he'd done all he needed to do. <laughs> but, Shit. And like we were saying, there's someone for everyone. So right. there might be one in a thousand people who love that. But I think for our purposes, bringing something to the table. It, it really comes down to that you're seeking to understand the pe- person's uh, motivation and energy rather than what they're actually doing. Or um, It's more about what is that's deep and important to them as a person. That motivates and you, them you're to getting do the at thing. that, and it's going to take a while to get at those things because we're not used to leading with this stuff in conversations, right? We're used to leading with "Here's what I do for a living. I have six brothers, blah blah blah." But what we what or what the people that I get along with want is to gradually, at a comfortable pace, move towards those things that are a little bit deeper and a little bit more personal. And it doesn't mean mm-hmm. like going like, "Tell me the most traumatic thing that's ever happened to you." <laughs> it's more just is gradually opening up a little bit more about who we actually are, um, about the things about us that might be a little bit more interesting or a little bit more personal. So this talk of sort of, um, of sort of opening up to people and pacing, we talked about sort of moving at a pace that's comfortable. This sort of leads me to ask about things like getting sexy online because I know this is something that's happening a lot too. We can't meet in person, so of course we're sexting or we're getting onto the video chat that sort of stuff or we're getting a bit sexy or we're sending those dick pics and a good dick pic that has been asked for is a wonderful thing to be clear um what what are your boundaries and how do you work with it around flirting online and starting to get flirty and starting to try and see if someone's interested in getting into sexy stuff because obviously just slamming it right down in their faces as soon as you match as we've talked about Mm -hmm. isn't going to work 99 percent of the time right so i um, accept the basis that we're talking to each other because we are potentially sexually interested. That is a mm-hmm. sort of a groundwork context of why we're talking to each other. Um, mm. So I think it's okay to then sort of leverage from there and ask the question. I was like, yeah. uh, so like I particularly like um, swapping sexy pics. And so yeah. I'd like to ask the questions like, how do you feel about sharing photos? Lovely. And the key word here is ask, right? Right, exactly. It's like, it's a, you know, this may be my advantage of being in the uh, kink scene for so long, getting used to asking people, like, you know, how do you like this 
particular thing which is often not discussed. So just getting comfortable with being able to go to a person and without emotion, without loading on it, going like, how do you feel about this? Oh, I love the ask up to the point where if I matched with someone and then the first thing they said was, hey, just checking in, how do you feel about sexy photos? I would actually be really pleased with that and say, hey, look, um, yeah, I love them. Not right now, like after we've gotten to know each other a bit, but yeah, like that's totally a thing that could be on the cards. And, and I, I'd be quite grateful that they actually just opened up and gave me the opportunity to, to have, to, you know, to say what I needed as opposed to what sometimes happens which is when people kind of try and push the conversation in a sexual direction, but they never stop to ask whether that's what I want. And yep. whether that happens early or late, it's just not a good feeling because it feels like the whole vibe is just getting taken out of my control, you know? Yep, yep. And part of that is um, being willing to be vulnerable in admitting what you're interested in. Um, mm, because someone uh, could have a bad reaction, so it's a hard thing to do, right? Yeah, 100%. And that, that comes down to that abundance theory thing that we talked about before, where being willing that it might not work out and you'll just have to move mm -hmm. on. But um, as you were talking, you brought to mind a story that uh, one of my lovers shared of um, she, uh, that she said a slightly raunchy photo on a chat group somewhere and someone started mm -hmm. talking to her and she could pick that he was leaning towards wanting more it's like, oh, maybe mm -hmm. you could come over. And he was being very indirect. And mm -hmm. she said, it's like, you know, I need you to be direct. Like, what do you, what do you mean? And then he was very evasive. He was like, oh, come on. Nah, nah, you know, don't make me say it. Come mm -hmm. on. It's like, well, it's, no, it's, it's okay to, if you want it's something. It's okay to say it. It's okay to say it. And it's often really good to say it because that builds trust as long as you accept the person's no. We do have this unfortunate cultural standard that if you want sex or if you want something that's sexy, you're not allowed to just come out and actually ask, that you have to hint or wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And it's right. kind of annoying. And it also, it also kind of doesn't come across as very confident. And so I think that when we do hide our intentions because we think that's what we're supposed to be doing, it does make us look a bit shifty that actually sometimes it's better just to go, hey, this might be a bit, you know, out there to actually ask, but I figured I'd just ask you and be honest. 100%. Yeah, and I've certainly been my life journey. Like, um, as I said, I'm in my mid-40s, so born in the 70s, grew up through an era where it was, um, there was very little information about how to talk to each other around this sort of stuff and that it was taboo to directly name things mm. as well. So yes. that, that made, like, sort of thinking back to my teenage and early 20s hookups, I made things so damn awkward. Um, oh, my God. And How do you have sex when you're not allowed to talk about it? Right. How right. do you, you do just, that? It just happens. It just, you just know, right? Because Disney tells us you just look at each other and you just know. But now, oh. I, um, now I sort of am really appreciating sort of getting into a social, like social groups where um, it is – understood on both sides how to um, ask and accept a, not, uh, accept a request or decline a request um, and mm -hmm. also how that it makes people feel safe to be able to be open around things. Because we know we can just say, hey, this isn't working or, hey, you, you just asked about this, this sexy thing and actually I've decided I'm not down for it right now. 
as opposed to trying to frantically think of some way to signal to the other person that you're not down for it without having to actually say anything, which is kind of complicated and hard and stressful. Right, right, yeah. And, you know, we're, when we meet strangers, we're um, interested but untrusting, I think, for very mm-hmm. good reasons. So being able to and deflect is a bit of a safety strategy. Um, but when you can try and find a point of confidence and security um, and all of the contexts that that occurs in, in terms of the physical situation, the emotional situation, the social situation, mm-hmm. um, being able to say is like, hey, I think you're pretty cute and I'd like to talk to you about maybe hooking up sometime. Or, Love it. Or something, whatever the thing is that you're interested in talking about and often saying like, hey, are you open to talking about this thing rather than saying, hey, want to fuck? Yeah, because you've already started the conversation and haven't given them a chance at that point to say whether they even want to have that conversation. Right. But saying, hey, can we talk about this? Again, like you, you were talking about earlier with your online sort of conversations, sort of setting the stage a bit and giving the other person a chance to, to engage, a chance to show you that they're interested and if yep. they don't, then fine, try someone else. But it's give it, it's, it's inviting them to join in with you rather than just dropping something on them and then hoping for the best. And yep. to be honest, I know that you've talked about having a really good community where everyone knows that this is the way it's done. But I've actually had a lot of luck with regular people with this stuff too that aren't mm-hmm. used to being honest. That, uh, you know, we might be chatting online like your friend, and this is such an amazing example, that they might not be being direct. And I'll say, hey, look – you know, you seem cool, but I just want you to tell me what you're looking for because that's mm-hmm. going to make it easier for, for us to work out if we're going to get along. And then they go, oh, shit, really? Uh, oh, okay, yeah, here we go. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they roll with it. And so that's obviously not always. That thing you did there in that phrasing, you made it safe for them to be honest. Yeah. Whereas um, what I think happened in the other circumstance to a certain extent is like the other person going, what do you mean? Say what you mean. And that feels and it like it comes across as a bit aggressive. It comes across as potentially aggressive, prepared to be judgmental that, you know, the axe yeah. is ready to drop. Um, so if stick you say it, the wrong thing. Stick your neck out. If I don't like it, um, I'm going to call you all sorts of bad names. I think it works both ways that people um, need to help make each other feel safe and know what's expected or acceptable um, in the yeah. discussion. Yeah, I love it. So part of that would be going, hey, I really want to know where you're coming from around this. And just to let you know, like, I'm totally not going to judge you. I just rather honestly know where, what you want out of this mm-hmm. and, and making it really clear that it's not about uh, expecting anything and that you're not going to give someone a hard time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I think we actually talked about it in our last um, interview that it, it works online and in person. It's like being able to accept a no and and walk away from the conversation or something or just drop the conversation is a mm-hmm. like a really important way to demonstrate that you accept someone's no and a lot of times people will circle back when their circumstance changes because they feel safe because, because you've like, shown that right. if they do say no you're not going to flip out right yep and if you can just generally and honestly accept their no and be cool with that and either move on or have or shift the conversation then um, people are infinitely more likely to uh, feel safe and come back to that conversation or and will likely to initiate it later 
And to bring up something we were talking about earlier, this applies to things like flipping out about someone taking a long time to reply to you. Like we can really burn our bridges sometimes because we get so emotional in the moment. Whereas to be able to be able to just chill and say, hey, um, it's it's fine. Like let's just, uh, you know, or to go, hey, uh, I th- you know, I'm, I'm a little worried you might not be interested, but just let me know how you're going. Like all this is creating safety and encouraging someone to connect uh, more with us, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, everybody has levels of stress and anxiety and triggers um, on all sides of this. So being able to give them a context and saying like, oh, okay, you've gone quiet, um, but hopefully we can talk again next week and just leave mm-hmm. that out there. It kind of like it kind of sucks because I hate I hate listening to podcasts where they get you know therapists on and they ask them you know what's the key to good relationships and the therapist's always like communication but actually communication is the answer it's just that normally no one tells you how the fuck to do the communication whereas I feel like maybe we've unpacked a few little a few little tidbits here on how how to do the the communication thing that might work yeah for online dating hundred percent so the the polyamory um, mantra. Um, that communicate, was around communicate, 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 communicate. communicate. And it's like, but, <laughs> and someone rightfully, like, I, how? I, I, how, yes, Greg? I threw that to someone a while ago, like, it's like 10 years ago, and they turned around to me and rightfully went, How? I was what like, does oh. it mean? <laughs> yes. What does it mean? Whereas, from what we've been talking about, what communication seems to mean, let me see if I could just summarize everything mm-hmm. we've just talked about in like one sentence. Good communication when you're connecting with people online. So it means it means being open to maybe not getting along with someone and be just being curious about whether you will get along rather than trying to force the conversation or having expectations. It feels like inviting someone to join you in something and join you in a conversation or join you in a flirtation rather than um, rather than expecting that they will or mm-hmm. pushing it that way. Yep, creating an opportunity that they want to participate in. Exactly, and then giving, and then sitting back and giving them the chance to actively participate. Yeah, yep. yeah, and then yep. also just those open questions, right? So remembering to try and to try and keep it open, not all the time, like you've said, but to but that the more we ask open questions and then give people a chance to actually talk about the things they get excited about, the more um, excited about the conversation they're going to get in general. Yeah, for sure. And uh, another part of it, I think that we've kind of talked about it in a very one directional method, Mm -hmm. but I think an important part of it is to also show some of yourself and Mm -hmm. be willing to um, answer questions and or offer information about yourself as well. You're talking about vulnerability, right? Like we need to open up. If we want people to open up to us, we need to open up to them. That's right. That's right. So, and no one feels like enjoys feeling interrogated unless that's their kink. Um, but <laughs> it, is, it is, but not in this context. <laughs> right. But so that thing where, like, if I was just to constantly ask you about yourself and, like, just progressively get, I guess, more and more invasive without giving more anything cool, about myself, there's a. It would be there, weird. There would be a point where you would go, hang on a second. And and realize that it's all very loaded, all very loaded on one side, and you don't actually know anything about me. And it, it is, it would feel a bit unsafe. Like part of that process of getting to know someone is gradually opening up and and trusting and becoming a bit more vulnerable to each other. So mm-hmm. it's like a 
it's like a mutually assured destruction sort of nuclear war situation. Like you're both, <laughs> you know, you hmm. both have the, the 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 weapons. You know, you're both sort of <laughs> opening up and becoming a little bit more vulnerable in front of each other at the same time. And that's the way it should happen. It shouldn't happen where one person's really vulnerable and the other one isn't. We need to gradually do it together. You know. Right. Right. Yeah. So, and that's where Q and A is such a great option for that because it creates <gasps> oh God, the mechanism. We're out of time. But- Q&A is such a good thing to bring to this conversation. Tell us quickly what Q&A is because this is a good one that should not be should not be missed. Yeah, so I, I use this, I introduce this when I, like a conversation strikes with a new person online and I also use mm-hmm. it with my regular Zoom chats with my partners. Um, okay. It's just that great, th- like particularly so we get away from going like, oh, how's COVID lockdown for you? Um, right. So how does it go? Cr- so Q&A is that if you and I were playing, Georgie, then I would ask a question, you would answer it, and then I would also answer it. So that creates the safety mm-hmm. of knowing that, that you know that I'm also going to answer it. How do you set this up for people? Like when you meet people who haven't done Q&A before, how do you get the ball rolling? What would that conversation look like? Uh, I often do it really quite directly and say, um, hey, I'd like to play a a game called Q&A. Do you feel interested? Have you heard of that? Are you interested to um, try that? And usually the response mm-hmm. is like, ah, oh, I haven't heard of it. It's like, how's that work? And mm-hmm. then I'll explain that. It's like, well, I'll ask a question and then and you answer it and then I'll also answer it, at which point then you ask a question, the role's reversed. You ask a question, I answer it, then you answer it. And we just keep doing that Fantastic. as long as we feel like. And that's always been really warmly received. And it, What's a really interesting artifact of that is that a lot of times it escalates from the other person far more rapidly um, than I would have been willing to escalate myself. It's like the, mm-hmm. the, the, the sexy questions that come from them to me um, is often um, far more than I would have been willing to felt safe to ask them. Wow. It does create a lot of safety because immediately the other person we're talking to is sharing things about themselves that might be a little more personal too. So we can immediately see that everyone that's, that's having a conversation is willing to participate. And I think that just creates a really good starting point that we don't normally get when we're trying to have a casual conversation. 100%. Yeah. And it also it, takes away that thing, that pressure of you know how, how do you do small talk? Like, they're, they're, I think for most people, there's a point where you just sit there going, I don't know enough Ugh. about you to ask a relevant question. Where do I start? So the beauty of yep. Q&A is that you can ask what's effectively an, an irrelevant question, but it's of interest to you. <laughs> random questions are great. I love random questions. Yes. What's, the, what's your favorite piece of fruit? Um, <laughs> if you could be anywhere in the world right now, where would you be? If you could just pop any one person in the world out of existence right now who would you choose like you can you can get crazy with this stuff or you can get super mundane like you said it could be what's one thing that made you smile today and you can really just adjust those questions to the vibe you know so that it doesn't get too um you know too off base for people yeah it's, it's a very flexible game and this might be a good time to um mention and i don't know if you've heard it but i actually recorded a podcast recently with curious creatures it's called um 
it's called nominally four sex educators walk into a bar and it's basically <laughs> me and three other sex educators and all we do is get drunk and play Q&A. So, and all the questions are sex related. But then as it goes around and we each ask our questions about sex and then we all answer them, we get progressively more and more wasted. It, it gets pretty funny. Um, so it works well for a podcast and it works well for an online conversation. Very, very flexible game. 100%. <laughs> Hundred percent. And mm. interestingly, like after we finish this podcast, um, I've got a Zoom chat with some friends to um, play Q and A for the night. So, how about that? Oh, also, a wonderful way to connect with your friends when you're stuck in your bloody house because of bloody COVID lockdown. <laughs> exactly right. And you know, oh. there's not a lot of difference between flirting, flirting with friends, and flirting with strangers online. So, it's good practice. Sometimes. Well, sometimes there's very little difference indeed, depending on your friends. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Thanks so much for chatting. I feel like we covered some stuff that I didn't expect, um, and we certainly got a lot deeper on this issue than I expected, um, and it's been really valuable for me. I really appreciate it. You're most welcome. I've enjoyed it. I always enjoy our conversations. Thanks for listening. I hope it's been as good for you as it's been for us. If you want to learn more, check out artofthehookup.com for more articles, your questions answered, and of course, the book. Please share this podcast with anyone you think might need it. Spread the word as well as the love, and let's make the world of hookups a better place.